here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. I would like to thank all my Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash bsmpod for continuing to support me and what I'm doing. I would especially like to give shout-outs to my senior producers. We have my mom and dad. Love y'all. We have Ventus Official and PK Smokey with the Eternals Project. So shout-out, shout-outs. And tonight... I'm so pleased to have another Philly representative melee player. You all know this Falco as one who is definitely making moves, definitely on the melee, sorry, on the Philly melee PR. And this beautiful image that the, not, sorry, listeners, you won't see this, but the viewers, you can see this beautiful Pizza Frank pixel art style of Fudge. We have Fudge on the podcast tonight. Fudge, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Somebody else from Philly, always a good time. I've had people like Battery and Gene Dalla on here before. And I guess Hope Org's officially Philly now that Hope Org is living there. But that's a good question to start off. Is Hope Org Philly or is he still Jersey? So there's a cutoff. And what I so we have another PR player, W.A. Matt, a Falco from around Pittsburgh, Grove City. And I told him, you're not officially Philly until you've been on the PR two times, two times. You need you need two seasons. Well, two seasons. You need two seasons of competition to be considered a region. Ooh, wait, I think that's it. Is this your first time on the on the Philly Bailey PR, though? Well, so last season. This is my first time being in the Philly PR. Oh, again, it was just you have to compete in two seasons at least. Oh, oh, oh. I've compete. competed. Oh. I've, co- I, I've competed not much, but I've been in some tourneys like uh, throughout the years. This is this has been only the first year where I've actually competed. For like, real, for real competed. For real, for real. Mm. I've also you... lived in Philly my whole life. I didn't migrate here like he did or Homeboy <laughs> did. <laughs> Shout out to WA Matt, though. WA Matt randomly came out to one of our Lancaster counties, so you probably are vaguely aware of Lancaster is, came out to a tournament mm-hmm. last fall in 2021, and WA Matt walks in and is like, I'm here. Well, he doesn't lead with that, but we all go, hey, what's up? I'm WA Matt. And Jay Bobison, who was the TO, is the TO. You get it. Jay Bob mm-hmm. is a hero in our hearts. Said, oh, you were WA Matt. Okay, well, you're winning this tournament then. And it was it was a little fun to see some of our better local players go against WA Matt. But yeah, Matt obviously won. So I, I am super pleased that we were able to snatch one of the pgh players because they're pretty good over there as well i don't know if you've ever been to something like fight pit or anything fudge but i want to give respect to the pgh region as well i am a very lazy man i mostly only go to things within an hour Mm. so let's start with the whole idea this this resonates with me right i saw competitive melee back in 2006 and ever since then i thought it'd be so cool to do those kind of things to play that well but i know that i'm not actually that good at melee so i go i don't really want to like do the work that it takes to get there and so Mm -hmm. for on and off i would just be vaguely aware of the competitive scene i would see something big every once in a while and go oh that's cool and then i saw the doc and i said oh that's really cool I'm still not going to go. Nobody will know me, that kind of thing. I'm not a super social person. And it's only been since this past year, 2021, where I got super involved. I started podcasting. I started to go to the local once it 
once it came back because Lancaster is not a hopping melee region. So we are very slow with coming back to IRL once the okay. once we're able to make the pandemic and IRL melee work at the same time. It was very slow coming back, but I've been going to a local that we have here at Millersville University this fall. So that's super exciting. Anybody who's listening that happens to be close enough or feel like they are, you should check that out. Blah, blah, blah. And so... The, your your story, you're talking about getting in and out of Melee for a long time and then only this year starting to, sorry, last year starting to play competitively and serious is, is something that I go, oh, that's super cool. But you, Fudge, have actually gone the distance. Getting ranked in Philly is no joke and you've been definitely attending a lot of tournaments and online tournaments. So I want to talk about all that, but I always like starting at the beginning and we rehearsed this particular bit earlier before we, we started the official recording. So now you have this all, you know, ready to go. So to start off my origin story, as we called it, mm. I played melee back in high school, uh, which was around 2014, 2015. It was just a group of guys playing around no idea what the actual competitive scene really looked like we knew it was there but we didn't do anything with it i played the coolest character at the time ganon um mm -hmm. i hit people really hard they died at 20 percent because they would double jump early and then not react to recover so that was cool i once won a match back then we were doing one it was like attorney in the school and we were doing like one stocks to catch up because we had to you know it was like the last day of school or something my forward air, this guy was playing Falco and he died at 20. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> next game. <laughs> um, so didn't really know how to play the game. I was still pretty good. Like, well, compared to my friends, I was good. And then I got into college, um, played a lot with my friend at his in his um, dorm room. We had a CRT, a lot of basically just like randoms or like Ganon, Falcon matchups. And I still didn't really watch anything. I got my first tournament I watched was Genesis four. And now that I think about it, I think I watched the doc a little bit before that. And that's why I watched that tournament. And I remember seeing left and mango in the losers semis match. Oh yeah. Which is people regard as the best set ever. And that was like my intro. And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> this game's so cool. I can't ever do anything. They're going to do. I, I've always been down on myself, but I'll get on that later. I was like, oh man, that's super cool. Maybe I'll, I'll try, you know, I'll try to get like a little cool in this game. And then like 2017, 2018, I go through like a bunch of characters, Samus, Luigi. Um, I was talking, I went through Fox, Falco. Obviously I'm still main Falco. I did a little bit of Marth and Puff. Truly going the Joker the arc. Cast. I, yeah, I never thought of a character I just want to stick with. I was like, mm, the fence looks cleaner on the other, it looks, or the grass looks cleaner on the other side, greener, whatever, whatever the analogy works. And I just kept picking character since characters until I think it was mid 2018. It was the summer. And by this point, I'm mostly just an Anthers grinder, which is coming back shout outs, I guess. And I just, decided eh, i'll stick with the spaces and grind it out i'll pick fox or falco i'll pick fox and falco and just keep playing with them on anthers and just play as much as i want but i didn't have any intentions to like go to tourneys at the time or meet anybody in real life i just wanted to play online so that was kind of the move for a while i think i went to one local in that 2018 2019 era where i went it was like round robin pools and i went like 
two and four or something. And then after that, what was it? Yeah, 2019, that's when Gene Dalla, the guy you in, uh, has done this before, he started hosting his tourneys in Drexel. I started going to them. I remember the first time I went into it, I beat one guy round one, immediately had to fight Slug round two. Mm, okay. That got, sounds like a good time. Uh, yeah. Kind of got bothed by his Fox, so not even his ICs. Aww. And then yeah, it's what it is. His Fox is pretty good too. You just never, you don't, you'll never know. Because <laughs> he doesn't bring it out unless it gets Peach. And or then, if it's Fudge round two in winter side. Round two. I think he went Fox until like top five pretty much because he just could there wasn't like really anyone good there that day. I think it was maybe like Kem and Dawson. Just the just the top three and then kind of a drop off after that. Yeah. Of course I didn't know anybody at the time. I think the only person I knew was Ite. Our our only Falcon here in Philly. And then the second one I went to that Gene hosted, I did better. I think I went to like four two. Um but really, I just wasn't going to much. And then once I started, like, st- maybe kind of taking the game seriously in 2020, I was like, oh, I'm g- I think I'll do a little bit more in this game. You know, I'll, I'll practice. I'll go to locals more. Uh, COVID hit. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Because I went to my first lab, beat number 10 at the time, Metal Reaper, at my first lab. I'm like, oh, that's sick. Couldn't go anymore. Like, Rip. That's a big then, rip. I mean, you're saying I'm finally going to do the thing. I, you know, 2016 to 2020 is four years of living life, doing other things, but also you're thinking in the back of your mind, I could be better at Melee if I, if I tried more or if I went to more stuff. But oh, I also love not doing that all the time, multiple nights a week. Yeah. I mean, it was mostly just like, oh, I'm going to college. I'm doing other stuff. I'm focused on school. I don't care about melee i mean well i cared i watched every tournament but i didn't want to i didn't want to practice i didn't want to do any of that crap i just wanted to play and hit combos on bronze level anther lab ladder <laughs> just wreck everybody there be happy with myself but yeah then 2020 COVID hit i entered online tourneys for a bit in 2020 i had some good wins i beat joey donuts who was like number three or something in Minnesota at the time I beat mech who wasn't as good back then. I think he was like, just kind of getting like, he was like starting his rise. Yeah. He sort of popped off at the end of 2021 during the, during the smash world tour finals down in Florida. I remember he had, an electric stock versus KJH, just like an insane combo, making making KJH look like not KJH. It, and and to be fair, KJH had not been playing a lot of melee leading up to Smash World Tour Finals, and Mech kind of showed that. Like Mech was, was on the grind. Who, was that who KJH got bopped by? I remember watching that set. I thought it was Gatsu, but it could have been Mech. Well, I remember I, it was Mech because I shared a clip onto Reddit, onto RSB, uh, RSSBM, and mm. it was like it was like a a couple of stomp reads and then a nice up air, and then instead of finishing off with a knee, Mech finishes it off with a helmet spike. Just like <laughs> how rude is that? <laughs> I think I remember that combo now. Yeah, 
Yeah, KJH is kind of bad. I don't know what it is with the Michigan people. They all just suck against uh, Falcon. <laughs> it's just something they all just... You can just watch any of them play against a Falcon. They always get bopped. Well, like I Ginger, said... another example. <laughs> KJH had been taking a melee break. So when you take a melee break and you go, wow, rust, like, of course that's going to happen. It's True. Not, it's not fair to say that KJH is always going to get bopped by a Falcon no matter what day of the week it is. But I guess if you want to talk more about the 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 Michigan struggles against Captain Falcon, maybe we just need Juggle Guy to play more melee or something. I can't think of any other Falcons that play out of he's Michigan. He's literally the only one there. Can't he's literally the any. only one. They, they talk about it, how he's the only one. It's like, well, he's not that great at practice. It's like, I mean, the guy mostly just TOs. He, he doesn't have time to put as many hours in the game as those players do. Exactly. I just, I don't know what it is with them. I mean, so, I don't know, matchups are a weird thing. There's sometimes just a myth and sometimes the, the like, whole encompassing of a reality. <laughs> what matchup do you get told Falco is supposed to win and you say, okay, well, walk a mile in my shoes. This matchup is really tough for me. Oh, that's, I mean, I don't have to talk. I, I, look, I, I made fun of Michigan. I also suck against Falcon. <laughs> I go fight. I, I gets like washed by, no, I, if you watch this, I'm sorry, but you get washed by most every everybody on the PR. Mm. And then he fights me and then it's like always close. I'm like, damn, why is it, why, why is it going, why does he go so hard against me? And is it because like Falcon, you, is it because you feel like you can't predict recovery paths as Falcon is coming back on stage? Is it because Ite manages to hit you harder than anybody else because you don't think your defense is up to snuff? What is it? Dude, I just can't hit that guy. Ah. He just, like Falcons, Falcons are so fast. You shoot a laser and you go to hit him and then he's already across the stage. You're like, well, I'm going to get dash back grabbed. Yeah. <laughs> I, hit, I hit Falcons pretty hard. I think I'm really good at get edge guarding falcons too and i'm like pretty good at keeping them stealth with laser but the second i go in with a nair dare they're already left they've already run to platform and now i just have to make, do some guessies to hit them when they're up there and i'm just like oh my god please let me hit you so i can play the game i like the combo part <laughs> I, don't I, think want I've seen, <laughs> I think I've seen you play against Axis for our online RTB events this earlier this summer. You played against Axis yeah. in other capacities as well. We're talking about TO Axis. Todd, shout outs Axis, is mm -hmm. a friend of the program. So what do you think about well, playing Todd, Axis? I, I, dude, the match you saw, I was playing like a five out of ten. Mm. I think Axis is playing pretty well. So the first two times I've ever played Axis, one was at a Jersey local. Yeah. Uh, well, monthly. And then I played him there. And both times it was like, it was like just a like close every game. And I'm like, dang, I just can't get a combo started on him. And then we played recently at stage select and he wasn't playing as hot. And I was playing like, okay, this is the day. Like I almost beat the swooper. That's a big like, deal. It was a big deal, considering I got four-stocked four game one by him and then almost won the set. I don't understand my play sometimes. But either way, against Axis, it's like I was hitting him pretty hard. I was getting all of his recoveries. I was escaping combos. I'm always getting better at the matchup, but it's just like, oh, he's, the character is just so fast, and his combos are so free that I just get so angry. <laughs> 
So what matchup do you feel you own and you are goaded and nobody else can hit this character like you can? Um, I used to say that for Marth, but now I'm kind of slacking. I'm pretty good at the Luigi matchup usually. Hobart's been kind of testing it, but I used to be like pretty good at it, just comboing Luigi making him feel like a useless character and making sure the players hate that they're playing Luigi. <laughs> I don't really get the matchup that much, but you know, when I get to play it, I just like fuck this character. When you watch other. So, okay. I want to talk about your relationship to the character of Falco, but what made you decide Falco is the character for me to play seriously? Is it because of your drive to go serious with entering tournaments and you go the Falco is my character. I got to stick with him. Um, so I think it's one of two things. One, I liked watching the Falcos on tournaments. I like, you know, everyone's drawn to Falco's flashy combos, his movement, um, his edge guards and stuff like that. The other part is that, you know, I dual mained Fox and Falco for a while. And I always just thought to myself, I can't do Fox tech skill. My hands are too slow. I'll stick with the bird. Also, a lot of people like to run away, and I'm like, well, if you're going to run away, I'm just going to shoot the gun at you. Shoot the gun. So it was just a way for people make- It's like the gun fits me because then it makes people want to fight me instead of running away. So it's just like it's how I can make people interact with me instead of not interacting like you can do with other characters. What do you think Fiction is thinking of when he's playing against a Luigi and firing laser after laser after laser? That's what I saw at Pound when I was there watching Hoborg try valiantly to get past all these lasers that Fiction was relentlessly firing at him. It just was not working, and I was so sad for Hoborg, who is such a great person and a good player, but Fiction is just saying, laser beats you. Like, what goes through your mind when you think of people using lasers almost too much as a, as a Falco enjoyer yourself? Um, so, to answer your first question of what Fiction is thinking, he's definitely just going, <laughs> he's just laughing to himself as he's shooting Luigi, and Luigi can't do anything, and Hoborg's <laughs> missing power shield and taking 2% every hit as he struggles to get across the stage. Because most of the times... I mean, Fiction's talking about when he talks about, like, Dr. Mario, where the it just is so boring to play against mid-tiers that you have to find, like, fun and, like, the small things because they don't have options to, like, seriously compete with you unless you give them what they want. So, like, you have to play very safe in certain scenarios. So, against Luigi, it's just shooting the gun and doing arrows in place. And that's how you win the matchup 100-0 without having to worry about anything. With Falco shooting too many lasers, it's very dependent because you can shoot a lot of lasers and they can all be good, but you have to make sure they're good lasers. So like if a fox takes a low laser and you go to shoot another laser at a range that's too close, you're going to get bopped. If you shoot low laser, low laser against a fox, well, he could read that and take the first laser, jump over the second one and hit hit you with a nair and then you're going to get bopped. So I guess there's never a point where you shoot too many lasers, unless it's against... It's more like you shoot bad lasers. 
and you look like an idiot because you're just like, haha, you're shooting the gun a bunch and you just got bought by a better player. Well, it's like <laughs> you got bought by a better player because you're not being a good player by shooting a good laser. You got to think about every shot. You can't just go, you can't go Neanderthal on it. Pew, pew, yeah. pew, 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 pew. Why not? <laughs> playing like I, it's golden. I know. Eye. When you're playing against a better player who's seen this scenario only hundreds of thousands of times and they have a game plan for it, and then they call out certain patterns that you just do without even thinking, and you go, How do you know me better than I know myself? And it's just because of you 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 realize, oh, as the not as practiced or not as experienced player, I'm I have all of these habits that are pretty readable when a veteran player plays against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going back to the legend himself, W.A. Matt, our last set, there are so many times he just shot a little laser. I mean, I just jumped over and shot a laser back at him. Mm. It's just like, I know you're going to shoot a little laser, so I'm just going to hop, shoot my own gun. Was that at the flying knee? You. No, that this I didn't get to play Matt at the Flying Knee. I only played, I didn't play a single Falco that whole day. Um, because Lucid, the other good Falco there, played Fox against me. I mostly only played, I played Mars, a Sheik, and a Fox. That's I wanted to play WA Matt because I, no, it's not. I've been wanting to, I always want to play WA Matt because he bought me for a bit and then I really worked on the Falco matchup and now I'm like, probably the best at it in philly because i have recent i at least have recent winning head-to-heads with everybody even mars that's pretty cool it is cool the falco ditto is a joke though so no one really cares what is everybody just just groaning i think that a lot of melee players are not overly fond of dittos that's why spaces tend to play the opposite spaces if they have to either play ditto they'll go no and they'll play fox instead of falco or vice versa i i was i had that phase for like a a week where i went like fox instead of falco because i was like tired of doing falco dittos in general because i like played them all the time like no i'm gonna go like fox my fox is decent at it. Like he knows Falco's weaknesses because I'm a Falco. But then I'm like, well, why would I go for maybe a winning matchup of a completely different character I don't play often when I can just play an even matchup and just play the character I'm really good with and just stuck out with it. Do you think there's anybody in the world who says that Falco Falco is actually 60-40 or am I just is I wonder if somebody has that bit. You know, um, I'll bring I'll, I'll hit you with another tangent. You know about Brawl Snake Ditto? Uh, well, I know about Dacus Up Smash and, uh, you know, all the C4, the Down Smash Mine, all that stuff. We're talking about those kind of Dittos? So in Snake Dittos and Smash Bra- and Brawl. Brawl, yeah. He... I don't remember how it exactly works, but it's an actual matchup that's 60-40 depending on port. Oh. <laughs> I'm pre- I remember it snaked at us, and I'm pretty sure it's in Brawl. I don't think it's in 4. I'm like, it's rather Brawl or old PM. I'm pretty uh, sure it's Brawl. Uh, that's awesome. It's, it's a ditto because of ports. It's 60-40. And you could argue oh. in matchups like Sheik dittos, it starts to favor the lower port Sheik. Like, port 4 Sheik's better than port 3 Sheik in the ditto. 
And then it also changes in other matchups like Sheik Marth. The port matters so much. Falco, um, he always wants port one, but that's really only against Fox that he really has to care about it. Every other matchup, it doesn't really matter where port he has. All of his throws sucks. Yep, they do. I mean, what's your favorite throw anyway? Not necessarily for the meta's sake, but I think I, I've always liked forward throw just because it's literally just I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah, you just go, eh, and that person goes flying off stage. Sometimes. They hold out. Well, it is fun. Yeah, I mean, kind of have to be high on damage. I mean, they're, they'll just kind of land in front of you and hit you while you're still finishing up. It has... Up. Well, yeah, you only want to do when they're all stage, or it has one combo potential that we know of. We 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 lab this out. Ginger has made a video about this, right? Ha well, off up throws and stuff. Yeah, there's no, stuff like that. But for, uh, on uh, forward throw, yeah, I remember seeing it was against. It was like Ginger talking about the throws with Falco in general and saying, "Hey, look, it depends on the DI of what the Marth does, but you sometimes at certain percents." Oh. Yes, at 50 to like 75%. Well, then I guess me and Neil aren't as smart as we think we are. Um, <laughs> at, at, 55, at like 55 to 75%, you can forward throw Marth. And if he holds in, yeah, you just get a straight dare. Yes. And it's like, not, it's actually kind of lenient. It's kind of um, kind of hype. So what I was envisioning was that, okay, so what if we implement this mix up a forward throw back throw at the ledge and you back throw them and you can get this really if they hold out like if so they hold off stage and you back throw it towards stage right you kind of get this like nifty combo starter with like near fair and then into another move and then into a dare so like you can get like three pieces off the back throw i haven't really done it because like it sounds cool in practice but the problem is, I feel like no matter what, it's going to be better to just F throw off stage and hope the Marth remembers they can hold the stick in. And sometimes <laughs> the Marths don't, man. I got to tell you, Mars just let go of the stick like every five seconds. <laughs> and they don't DI anything. And I'm just like, all right, caveman, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they get even more bored than Spacey's players because they're like, oh, I'm not the one doing the combo right now. Whatever. I don't even know if it's that. I think they just brain just turns off and reboots like during a game, like multiple <laughs> times. It's just like, come on, we're playing a game. Stop forgetting you're not. Uh, maybe it's mid-level play. And you have experienced a lot of mid-level play. I don't want to put you into mid-level bracket just because of your ranking or this, that, and the third. But why don't I ask you first? Do you feel that you are a mid-level player? I kind of consider everything that isn't top 100 mid-level in my own sense. But I feel like in the general public sense of what mid-level is, kind of. I mean, it's hard to say. So like in Melee Online, they, you know, separated from like novice all the way to Graymaster, right? Yes. And I'm in expert. That's where I solidly am. Expert's pretty I, good. It's good. I mean, I'm with a bunch of other players. I'm with most of PR players like all over the world. And, you know, I'll match with like Masters players. I'll match with, well, I haven't really played anyone from Grandmaster yet, but mm -hmm. I'll, I'll match with the Master players. And it's like, 
Well, they're definitely better than me. I can make it very close, like most of the games. And sometimes it just—it seems like if I improved like ten percent of things, I'd be just as good as them. They're just like a little bit better than me. So to say I'm mid level, yeah, because I'm not really a th- like I can be a threat to like a top hundred player, but like a top fifty player, it's kind of a stretch, and it would be a lot more variable for me to win the set than like uh, any sense of consistency. Against a top 50 player, you could get four stocked in the first game, but if you can make your adjustments, maybe almost win the set because Swooper got ranked top 50 in the summer PGR. 27. Huh? He got 27, yeah. See? That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's cool because the Swooper got a win versus IBDW, and that's absolutely awesome. How would it feel for you to beat a top 50 or even you could say top 15 player, the, the people that the, the the top players that everybody watches their streams and rooting for to win majors, that kind of thing. If you just randomly popped off and beat a player like that, would that mean that the work is validated or do you already validate your wor- own work of how you get better at the game and how you perform in the tournaments by something else? Okay. So I get what you mean. Yeah. No, I usually use, try to use my wins as validation, which isn't like the healthiest thing to do. Like, cause you know, sometimes, you know, I'll validate myself by like how I do in a friendly session. Like I was practicing against a really good Fox the other day and I've noticed I've made some leaps and bounds in that matchup. Cause I was, I could see myself pretty bad at the Fox matchup. And now I'm starting to implement things that are like good players do. And I'm already seeing like benefits. If I beat a top 15 player, I probably would immediately go to Twitter at all of Philly melee and make fun of them. Because they've been doing this for so long, and I just started pretty much compared to them, and I'm already like kicking their asses. <laughs> to be fair, I'm upset Dawson didn't do that when he beat Lucky, but it is what it is. I I, I like watching Dawson play when he comes across the screen. I think Dawson will be going to the Ludwig LCQ in October. Ooh, I didn't know that. That's I, uh, I know he's been talking about it. Actually, that does make sense. I think he does want to go. Either he either he is going or he wants to go. That either one sounds legit to me because I'm like a hundred percent, well, ninety nine point nine percent sure that is a thing. Ah, uh, I lost the tweet. I didn't have it pulled up to begin with, but. I just have to find the the Ludwig LCQ on Liquipedia. That's what I'll do. So we'll do Ludwig Invitational. There it is. There it is. All right. Well, I'm going to look at that while you talk about who would be the player that you would want to have that kind of a set against. Maybe you would even be fine with losing to them, but feeling as if you held your own. Because in Philly, we don't get a lot of top 15 player turnout. And even at something like creed which i hope pops off for creed 2 whenever that happens that it's bigger and that one day philly has a major because how could you not philly is just so cool i'm a big eagles fan and i love coming to philly on the very very rare occasion that i get to attend a game i actually have not attended a game in a in a few years but it's Mm. i just i i really want to go to a to a philly tournament at some point i just also uh, commit to doing stuff like big house or going to the local back here in Lancaster. And I know I like also do a lot of stuff in 
we've worked it out my wife and i we have to we have to we have to not have me go to tournaments every night i have to be home sometimes (laughs) that's rough to hear i don't have any commitments like that not yet someday jobs Eh, who knows may always be married to the grind of melee falco um (laughs) that doesn't sound super healthy but (laughs) yeah yeah so I mean, you could always, I would say if you want to come to the next Philly tournament, I, you're probably coming to No Johns too. Okay, so you know who's running No Johns too is M. Pale, who's actually from the 717 region, George. He's super cool. George is trying to get me to come out. I don't know if I'm going to because it's the weekend before Big House, and I'm really nervous that I'll, mm. that like something bad will happen, like getting COVID or something. Like, I'm super nervous about it. Just because of the that. the big house is way sooner. Okay. No, no that's no, very yeah. fair. Yeah, it's uh, the No Johns 2 is the first weekend in October, and then Big House is the next weekend. So they're back-to-back weekends. God, No Johns 2 is that soon? Oh, I know, right? I didn't realize. I got a bunch of, like, monthlies coming up. We got the... We got one in Philly Saturday. Well, at the lab Saturday. And then we got one that Gene's hosting next Saturday. Oh, or Sunday actually. So I gotta flying knee again, for both or is those. it? I think Gene is like it's doing the flying knee. Yeah, Gene like I feel like has two monthlies going right now. It's crazy. He's planning some bar one, which I would be down if it's somewhat attainable for me to like find a place afterwards. I it took me a really long time to confirm this, but at long last, I'm looking at the page right now. Dawson is going to the Ludwig LCQ. <laughs> That's going to be so cool. That is pretty sweet. I hope he has a good time there. It's kind of really hard. It's such that tournament is pretty much like before the invitational. It's just like, I don't know how Ludwig found a way to basically get all of like the top 50 to actually go to a tournament so we can find who's actually better than the other. I am also curious how that happened because Ludwig's throwing around good money, but Ludwig's had similar prize pools for online tournaments, which a lot of players did attend for the record. But how is it that in in, in last minute fashion as well, we heard about this less than a month ago, but pretty much everyone is going to be there. That's the part that's like mind boggling to me. You put out 30-ish thousand dollars or whatever it is and then say, hey, come to Las Vegas. Okay, $30,002, excuse me. And everybody says, all right, I'm down. (laughs) I'm I'm happy that Ludwig is in the scene. I will say that at least. I'm not coming from a place of jealousy at all. I'm just so confused because something like Summit, it would make sense for a lot of good players to turn out. But I... I, I guess Ludwig is just really that dude. I mean, he he's probably flying out like a good amount of people besides, what is it? So it's the, how many people are invited already? Was it 32? Uh, they start off like, with inviting 24 players and then 24. eight more out of the LCQ will join and make that 32 total players. 32. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So like he's definitely flying out the first 24 players, giving them like, you know, like, beds and stuff so that's pretty that's cool in like itself. thirty thousand dollars right there holy crap and I then ultimate than, as well oh, Jeez. yeah ultimate too i think 24 by itself is more players than like summit will have yes so you're like, right that's already pretty cool for an invitational then he has eight more which makes it even cooler because that's so many sets which i'm always down to see 
And I always love invitationals. They're always fun because you just get so many sets and matchups you never get to see, which is it, like, you know, I feel like I'm still like probably spectator first, then competitor. So it's like, it's super cool. Well, how about the possibility of seeing someone like Solo Battle versus Dawson ultra random Jigglypuff dittos during LCQ? How wild would that be? Dawson would win. Dawson's the goat of Jigglypuff dittos. I want to believe that's so bad, but has Dawson ever beat Hungrybox? Yes. Oh my gosh. Where is this set? I'm looking it <laughs> up right it's, now. It's, it's online HBox, so you can put an asterisk to it. Oh no. But you, even besides win, that. Look, I respect <laughs> online results. I do, but I respect IRL results more. I'm sorry. It's like a better best scenario. So I'm not saying that online doesn't count. You know, I'm not one of those people, but it's, it's simply better best that that's all I'm saying. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. So how it works with Dawson is that I think he beats literally like every other puff in America, like when they practice or like playing the tourney. And then when he goes against HBox, he went against HBox recently and there was a famous clip that Justice memed out afterwards. I think HBox won a Dreamland game, and he went to his mic, and he's like, Hey, Dawson, if we were to play in a real-life tournament, let's just do, like, boxing instead. It would probably be more interesting. <laughs> Which I funny. think would be amazing to watch. Dawson and HBox in a ring. It, both two people I would never, never actually imagine in a million years in a ring. Well, I could imagine Hungrybox doing it specifically for content. True. Dawson is such an introverted guy. I could not see him in a big stage like that. But maybe we'll get to see Dawson make it into the final 32-person invitational bracket. Either way, it's going to be a really super fun weekend to watch from home. I'll be watching from home, super sad. But I'm oh, excited uh... to see some of these people show out to Big House. I'm going to Big House. I take it you're not going to Big House? I don't want to pay for a flight. They're all like $300. Yeah, yep, that totally makes sense. I mean, even there's got to be Philly people. No, wait, they're flying. Okay, never mind. Never mind. I take yeah, it back. The only person from Philly I know, like in our region, who is possibly going is Kem. And he flies out from like Long Island. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Because he, he lives in Long Island. We just count him as Philly. <laughs> that sounds super fun. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like we don't I, don't. I don't know anybody going to big house. I've had people say I should, but like, ah. Yeah. So let's, I've done two. I've done two majors this year. What majors did you go to? I went to Pound, made top sixty-four. That was my first major ever. I'm so mad that I didn't know your name at the time because we could have met there at Pound. I was there too. Dang it. Yeah, I didn't know many people. I was just kind of walking around with my Philly crew the whole time. If you saw Dimension, you saw me. I didn't um, see Dimension. I didn't really know any of the Philly people. I actually met more MDVA people. Like I met Crike and, and Jorge and mm -hmm. actually, and, and a lot of New Jersey people as well, because you'll remember that all of the all chat people were there except for Hada, <laughs> but yeah. everybody, everybody else was there. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Hada, yeah. but V bats who was on all chat at the time. And obviously J flex. Oh, and I've, I've had B bats and J flex on the podcast before. So it was super fun. Let's not to... talk about B bats at pound. The only reason he got that far is because he beat me. Oh, <laughs> um, fudge. it was really weird. He beat me twice in Yoshi's like, dang, I thought Falco wins on this stage, but he beat me pretty hard. And we brought him Pokemon and 
he will t- he will confirm this himself. I threw so hard last stock game three, and he's like, "Yeah, if you beat me there, I'm pretty sure you would have reverse three would me." I'm like, "Damn!" And then he went on <laughs> to like destroy Null and Frostbite, and then got beaten by Axe really badly. But it's just like that was like B Bat's like you know breakout run. I remember the first time, and he brought he choked me late. It's like, yeah, if I didn't beat you, I wouldn't gone this far i feel like well, that's cool for you man i'm still back here <laughs> still back here in the middle level just finishing top 64 and everybody's like oh at pound that's cool yeah only 200 people registered oh yeah and then i got 97th <laughs> at smash con because i was seated i was seated super low i had to fight a mod in round one pools i don't know if you know a mod oh but he's no the ranked... marth player from mdva yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tough. It's like people who weren't even ranked last season were ranked were seated above me. Yeah, I heard that so the seating was messed up because they were trying to honor all of the different players who were registered for multiple brackets, trying to honor all the that stuff. And I go, how does that have to do with who is positioned to go this far in the bracket? How does that affect that in terms of like conflicts and this that and the third i get it you don't want to play the same people in your region who are also traveling with you to mdva Mm -hmm. to play at smash con like i always understand that i was seated to play against somebody in my region at pound and i messaged wheat uh from melee stat shout outs and i was like what the heck is going on here i didn't come all this way not that not that okay look it's like an hour and a half drive i was like Mm -hmm. i didn't want to drive that long just to play against george and pale's gonna destroy me (laughs) and we was like okay well you can play watch then and watch came from japan i was like heck yeah i get to play watch this cool (laughs) i think yeah i had another philly person played watch too so that's interesting they played two people from pa um (laughs) i yeah Smash Con, I don't know. They also didn't have the melee stats people seated either. It was all in-house seating. Yeah, I I like the seating that melee stats does. I think not that not that it's like if it's a gamer event then or Smash Boot Camp, then it's automatically away from melee stats because Pound was a VGBC thing. So I don't understand the the, the rules of the background. You know what I mean? Those people some random people will have more power than they feel like they're supposed to. And they'll go, no, we're not going to let the people who are really good at this do it. <laughs> I want to do Smash it for Con, some reason. SmashCon was an enigma of an event. It mm. was just like, it was cool because I got to watch Mango win live, which was, you know, I, I got to ride that high for a week. Did you, did you like, it, did it change your life in the way that, I mean, even watching it from home, I I was like, I felt like I was floating for three days afterwards. Hugging people, you know, me and me and Mars, you know, the Philly Falco were just mm. like, yeah, finally he won. <laughs> but it's like, ah, they, the Fred, the setups were pretty kind of bad compared to Pound, the... Oh, that's hilarious because they were going to do monitor setups at Pound until everybody said, no, you're not. And Pound was like, oh, yeah, you're right. We're not. We're going to do our they, CRTs. Yeah. It's like they did all CRTs at SmashCon, but like they were really small or really bad. Some of them didn't have like a memory card loaded in them the first day. And oh, no. There's also like no, like no, there was like no standardization. I think there was no neutral start. Pokemon Stadium still transformed, which I guess is a thing in every tourney now, which sucks. I love Unfrozen Stadium, but I understand why you wouldn't like it. 
I wanted it frozen before it was even frozen. Like back in 2019, like, dang, they really should freeze Stadium. I mean, after the shine thing with S2J and Plup, I think people were like, yeah, maybe we can freeze Stadium now. I think it was only because Slippy, you had to freeze it to avoid uh, rollbacks and um, desyncs. Desyncs, so yeah. I was like, let's just oh, let's just stay with that. I'm like, sweet. That was a good. Um, that was a good cover, Fizzy. I know you made a lot of people happy. I'm sure you know feeding the family is also something really important. <laughs> Wait, uh, family is a broad term. I don't know who Fizzy actually has to support at home, but you get what I'm saying. That was sort of like a. <laughs> Some big whale in the background was like, yo, Fizzy, all you have to tell the people is that Unfrozen Stadium has desync issues and everybody will believe it. Make <laughs> make Stadium Frozen for Slippy, that play. <laughs> big Marth is in Fizzy's ear getting him to control the melee scene. Yes, yes, because Marth gets another, not FD stage, okay, but those platforms kind of hang low. If you know how to space it, you just get tippers for days and you don't have to deal with it's transformations. A yeah. It's a, it's very, it's like a pretty good stage for spaces against Marth if there's transformations. If there's no transformations, it's usually Marth favored. Yep. I actually like the stage against Marth, but I, I don't know. I just like shooting the gun and then the Marth has to just take it. Mm-hmm. And I like having space to run away from Marth because fuck that character. Yeah, I like having space to maneuver around as well. I don't think I will ever be the truly aggro fox. I'll have my moments where I go in, of course, and mm-hmm. just go in like there's no tomorrow. But I'm a very low level. I'm an O2er, so... When we talk about me playing, I have to remember that I'm having a hard time doing short hop nares as Fox, which is kind of an important thing to be able to do. So, Don't worry, top players can't do it either. None of them can (laughs) short hop nair 10 times in a row, I can promise you. (laughs) Well, IBDW, (laughs) I think, made a video a while ago saying, yeah, I mean, I developed this quote-unquote full hop meta, but really it was because I had a hard time short hopping. Hopping's hard as Fox. It's two frames. That's impossible. <laughs> it's not impossible if I just. It's not impossible. Okay, I jump with my pinky finger on the box, and I really shouldn't jump with my pinky finger. So if I can get into the habit of using my middle finger to jump, which then I can do my aerials more easily. It's just that when I think jump, my pinky moves instead of my r- middle finger. So that's what I'm struggling with right mm. now. I've learned more about you in the last one minute of you being a Fox player. And now you also being a box player. I'm a box Fox. I I am surrounded by box foxes. I feel like I can't get away. I don't want to play as Marth or Jigglypuff or, or even Falco with the box. I used to be a Falco GCC player. So I love Mm -hmm. Falco, but when I got a box because I, never had a good gcc controller i always had stock and it was good for nothing and i couldn't do shield Mm -hmm. drops i couldn't do dashback i couldn't Mm -hmm. do anything and so i go well i could spend you know 300 or 400 dollars to get a good controller but all i hear on twitter is these top players complaining about all the different controllers like the goom wave and like the other goom wave and the and the OEM or whatever. And this was before. Oh, yeah, it's just a regular controller. 
and this was this was before fob so i said i would rather spend three hundred dollars on something that's consistent but there's no such thing as consistency in the melee sphere until i was educated more about the box and that's why i decided to get it and i thought well this was thing this thing was made for fox i mean other characters can work on it but i i'm not that smart i need to be a fox i need to be a dumb box fox jump cancel up smashing all the time fox on the box <laughs> that's yeah. what i need to be <laughs> the box is definitely good for all characters it's just it definitely makes sense for fox especially when i look at it but so, I don't know, i'll be six feet underground before i switch the box i like that mentality do you have a fob what do you use for your gcc right now so i do have a fob uh for a while i was you know on a modded oem which is just you know original controller did uh so, did, did 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 Borg Technologies make you your your fob controller? No, it was another person around here. Um, I'm asking Hoborg to make my second one whenever mm. he opens up, because I want to make certain that I'm just being the idiot and it's not my controller. It's currently no, it's made by a modern name, uh, Fazil or Fazil. Shout outs. I forget their shout outs. Uh, very good model. They just sold more fobs out there. Um. I've been using the FOB for a while. The first tournament I had with it, I actually won, funny enough. <laughs> Was that the Flying <laughs> Knee, the one that you won? No, 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 no. I think the Flying Knee... Uh, I don't remember. No, this was against Dimension and Faye um, at the lab. I That's won pretty cool. them. Yeah, the last season's two and three. So it was like a nice win. I've done it before, but it was nice because I. But it was a while since I won that one, so it was nice to win a second one finally. That was like my first day with that fob, and I, God, that day was just a mess. I literally got there almost like DQ'd. I got there like seven oh five. The tournament starts at like six fifty. <laughs> I'm about to get DQ'd. I make it like, don't don't DQ me. It's like all right, you get to play, and then I won through winners. <laughs> it's like I had no warm up. I just beat everybody. That's that you pulled a little bit of a mango there, Fudge. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit good, did I say? Mm-hmm. That's now, the right. Flying, the flying knee, that was just a... So it's like an hour from my house. I never like driving to a tournament because then I just feel like bleh, the whole day. There's no air conditioning in the place as of that day. I don't know if Gene's copped something since, but there was only one fan and it was like 90, it was like 95 inside. So I'm oh, sweating no. my fucking face off. And then I'm playing against a bunch of people. I have a really close round one. And then I have a close round two with this Marth, who I was told was pretty good. Then I beat another Marth. Then I beat Lucid, who is very good. He beat me recently in the Falcon but he played Fox. So I beat as regularly beat him. And then there's this Sheik from... Um, New Jersey, South Jersey, who's pretty good. Their tag used to be Kuma, but now it's Burger. They nice. also almost beat Swooper that same day I was there, funny enough. <laughs> Sheik Samus is a lot easier than Falco Samus. I'm going to give myself that. <laughs> it's, it's, it, everyone's good against Spacey. Not everyone's good against Sheik, especially Samus. And also Needles are just really unfair at a Samus who's used to just chillaxing on their recovery path and the she can fire needles and the Samus is it's like, literally ah. a rain shine. It's a rain shine. It's so busted. 
it just sends you down when you get hit by it. It's like rough. Needles are pretty fun. <laughs> oh. At Pound, I thought I was going to turn into a Sheik main because uh, I was like, I guess I don't need like an awesome controller to do some stuff. I mean, dash attack is just free. Wait, why are people crouch canceling it? <laughs> and that That's ended. what you just learn to boost grab and then it's basically the same thing. <laughs> why are people spot dodging me all of a sudden? <laughs> oh, that, that, then it gets rough. Then it gets, then rough. It gets rough. Then the meta advances. You, I noticed mm. that the two tournaments you went to were driving distance tournaments. I'll actually be driving up to the big house with Mpale, aka George. We've we've mentioned George several times in this podcast mm -hmm. because George is super cool. But we'll be carpooling up to Detroit together because from here it's a six and a half hour drive, so it's not that bad. Six and a half of driving, pure driving. I suppose it'll take us a little bit longer to get there, but I bet we only stop once george don't don't be that person who wants to stop more often please gosh hmm. uh please yeah. <laughs> anyway the longest drive i've ever done is like six hours and that was when i was like a kid really so like okay okay can Did i tell you, you about my longest drive yeah give it to me so in 2017, this was the summer after I got married and my wife and I did not do a honeymoon right after we got married in November 2016. So in the summer, it was like our honeymoon thing, our big vacation thing. And we found out that we were expecting. So it was also like a baby moon. We were off for like two and a half or three whole weeks. And the first leg of our trip was to drive out to Colorado. That was a 26 hour drive, 26 hours total. We did it 26 hours straight. I drove for 12 hours, took a two hour break, and then I drove another 12 straight hours out there. I would die. <laughs> I get so bored just doing two hour drives every day for my job. I'm just like, oh, I can't, I couldn't. I have not done that drive since. That was pretty brutal. And driving back, we we went down to Tennessee, and that was only 18 hours. So I just did that by myself straight that whole day. That wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Well, especially uh -huh. coming off of a 26-hour drive, you go, oh, I can do this. <laughs> I guess everything is simple in comparison after that point. <sighs> but what I'm saying is, is that let's 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 talk about this whole this whole to wrap up this whole traveling thing, because. You're not going to be going to something like the big house soon, but I wonder about events that you know are the big draw. Let's talk about Genesis. It's in late January of next year. If somebody said to you, Fudge, you got to go to Genesis. You know, I have a hotel room booked, and if you hop in, we'll all chip in, kind of even out the cost you just have to get a ticket and go out there and figure out how to get to the hotel but otherwise you'll be all set obviously pay to register for bracket and whatnot but if somebody gave you that kind of a scenario would you have any temptation to go or would you still say yeah i don't know about that one chief i think there'd be a maybe like a day of hesitation but i'd probably hit no so like okay, speaking of big tournaments, this year there's Apex right in November. Oh yeah, it's in New Jersey. Jersey. It's yeah. in Jersey, literally like an hour from my house. I'm at a wedding that week, mm. that weekend. The one week it's my sister's wedding. I can't get out of that, and I have to pay for my own flight to get down there. So it's just like I already had to focus on that flight payment, and I'm already pissed. I'm going to a major. I, I look, man. <laughs> I'm not I'm not too far out of college. I'm still paying out my debt. I'm I'm gonna keep it a stack. It's still there. Biden only canceled some of it. Mm. So I gotta get a focus on that. 
And once I've done that, which will hopefully be by the end of this year, I may go to big things next year. I don't think Genesis, California scares me in a, like a ethereal level. It's just, just, look, man, it's across the country. The sky turned red, if you remember, from the fires. Yeah. It's it's like Caleb over there. I don't want it. (laughs) I don't want it. I will stick with my East Coast safety. It's it's so dangerous (laughs) out here on the East Coast. You know what? I'll go Midwest. What's up? I I said to uh, my kids and I are outside today and um, something that you know about East Coast because you've been here all your life. So you know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. When people are walking on the street, you keep it moving. You don't stop and say hello. You don't make conversation. You could even be in an Uber with somebody for 30 straight minutes and maybe they're the talkative kind of person, but you're just looking down, you're looking away, you're pretending to sleep or you're on your phone or you're plugged into your headphones or whatever because East Coast people keep it moving and i love that and so i said that to my kids today they were kind of messing around they were yelling they were pretending to moo like cows because we live in lancaster county and there are cows here and then Mm. somebody was walking down on the other side of the sidewalk road whatever and they get quiet and (laughs) they get quiet because it's a stranger but i say to them that's right east coast baby east coast and Mm -hmm. i know they don't know what i'm talking about but it's like that's it that's the attitude you shut up you just keep it moving I feel you could have made a pun there with moo and moving. Moving. There you go. Mm. I yeah. I don't know. My I had I had like a friend in Marines tell me about the horror stories of the East Coast or the West Coast, specifically Seattle, <laughs> and it all just seems terrifying over there. <laughs> Seattle especially. They're all just mean. They all pretend they're nice, but it's okay. So like you go to New York City, right? Everyone yes. doesn't care about you. You're just a, you're just another speck in the very dirty roads. Yes. If you go to Seattle, people have like this air of like, oh, you're so yeah, I'll care for you. But no, they're just they want to all they all wish you could burn on a stake in the middle of fucking Washington. <laughs> I don't know what it is over what? there. It scares me. I don't want to go. Fudge. I don't I'm think fine. you'll have that experience if you go to Seattle, though. I you have not seen my luck. <laughs> Tell me you about that not. six hour drive as a kid. What the heck happened to you? Oh, what was I doing? Um, we went to we were giving, we were showing my sister Virginia Tech, so we had to just drive down there. I think we also went to Bush Gardens down there, which was fun. Um, weird family history back then, so I've I've just kind of probably blocked half of that out by now. Also, a six-hour drive as a kid, I don't even know what I was doing. I don't think I brought my DS, and I didn't have a mobile phone, so I think I just stared in the nature. I'm like, hmm, what if I was doing ninja running on that fence over there? And, you know, like every kid did, I think. Yes, no, I did that too. Ninja running. I mean, I think everyone did it. Yeah, absolutely. I was 100% doing that when I couldn't drive as a kid and didn't have an iPhone or I touched shuffle thing i just had either i could either bring books or just stare out the window and we would do long drives as kids like we would do eight hour drives we do 12 hour drives sometimes not all the time but sometimes and just gotta basically like clench for for that entire drive because being in a big car with a bunch of siblings is very tricky it was not fun and i am glad i don't have to do it again but so, it is what it is. So then maybe possibly next year or 
the year after that, but you are also trying to figure out how your relationship to melee is going to continue to evolve. Right. Because the reason why I reached out to you, well, firstly, I wanted to have you on when I saw you playing at the tournament that Jay Bobison, when I and I were hosting this summer, we were hosting an online tournament. We're trying to draw up some hype for, for the 717 region for Lancaster and getting people to, you know, do the whole tournament thing again. And it's worked out by the way, a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of people who went to that tournament that are from this area are showing up to Millersville every Friday night and showing out. And I love that. Sick. I, That's awesome. I love that. But I saw this tweet from you. This was August 30th now. So I'll just read it to you and you can tell me how it's, stay the same or changed or we can get into this topic of of uh can, or let's see how what should i do for the overlay uh let's see evolution of melee so i'll see yeah, i would have just you're the better host i would have just typed in like sag <sighs> i you know sometimes i do type stuff like that too it's i i uh, since i was introducing the topic i thought i can't do a meme here especially since i want to take this conversation as seriously as you want to if you want to be you know keck w about it you can be keck w but i will start out serious let me read this to you losses today just make me feel sad not my usual angry feel like the fire has been getting smaller as i've gotten better probably since the mountain looks steeper and steeper guess i'm at the impasse where i break through or stagnate Continued in the thread. <clears throat> Originally, my only plan when I set it up in January was to get as good as I could this year, then quit since I felt like I've played enough. I already achieved my goals of goals of making PR and probably top five this season and winning the locals faster than expectations. And honestly, I still barely tried at that to get this good. My play is still lazy AF. And based off of lack of effort, IDK, feel like I'm too shitty of a player to whine this much, but I got nowhere else to vent this. GG's no RE. Don't know what that means. you never seen GG's no RE before? You ever played a MOBA? Like a mm, Dota League of Legends? No, no. All right. It's from those games. So basically it just means no redo. No redo. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like GG's. That was well fought. So... To break it down, what I wanted to do this year, so when I first came back to the scene after COVID hit, um, was the Arcadian 2021. I thought, well, at the time, you know, I was pretty good in 2020, and I was getting fine in 2021. Like, I'm just going to go to the Arcadian, make this my last tourney ever, win it, and just leave, because I was that confident in my skills. Because I thought I was as good then as I am now. Mm. Went in, went out like a buster, like, damn, that sucked. (laughs) <laughs> Didn't really focus on melee for a bit because I had other priorities in life. Those priorities went away. Come around like winter 2021, I'm like, I went to like a couple locals. And then spring 2022, I just like, you know what? I like kind of like everybody there. I kind of just want to show up and hang out. And you know what? I might as well just get good at melee in the meantime. So like, you know, for a while... I didn't have great results, and then all suddenly, and everyone says this at the locals, like I pretty much just like woke up one day and decided I was a top player because then I just started beating everybody. And so, like in March, I think it was, it was that or beginning of April, I won my first uh, lab, 
and it was over Dimension and Faye, who are like known as like the Titans of Philadelphia, because they've always just been good. So it was a really good win for me, but it was like super early in March. I'm like, oh, I thought this was going to take me like all year to do. And I've already done it. So then I'm like, okay, I'll win a second tourney. That second tourney was another lab. And that was there in, was it June, I think? Maybe May. And then I won the Flying Knee. I'm like, dang, that was also cool to win. And I'm just like, well, I've gotten pretty good. I lose to the same people a lot. Like, you know, I mean, that day I was pretty sad because I lost to young Neil, who I won the last four. Like, he beat me up for a bit because he was just better than me. And then I finally caught up and then I won the next like four in a row. And then I finally lost a game five set to him. That was just like me playing. I realized what, as I said in the tweet, like lazy. Because sometimes I just like, I feel like I just don't put in the work or I just lose focus and just like not care anymore about how I'm playing or how I'll view my set later on. Like, I'm just like, eh, easy option, go. And that happens a lot. Like, you know, and I've been having like recent troubles of feeling like maybe Falco carries me because I can just always fall back on a laser to take care of me here and there. If I can't think of like an actual neutral plan. So it's just like, I don't know how to feel about my own play because there's stuff I struggle with that a lot of people have an easy time with. A lot of people think I'm really good. Like I'll fight people on the expert melee online discord or they'll fight the masters and they'll like, you know, say I'm really good. It's crazy. I'm getting better still, but it's just in my head. I'm just like, yeah, I was only, I was going to quit in the winter anyway in my current plan. So I'm like, Oh, I don't want to play melee forever. So like, I'm just gonna, I was going to end anyway, but now I've done all my goals and I don't know how to get better. For the rest of the year, so now I've just been kind of, ever since that tweet, I've been thinking, like, do I want to quit in the winter? Do I just keep going and playing for the next couple of years anyway? And just treat it as seriously, maybe not as seriously, or even more seriously, I guess. I just, the plans of taking a game as seriously as this and trying to continue that as my life gets, you know, more and more complicated as I become more and more of an adult and trying to fit that all together. It's just like, sometimes it just makes you sad because you're like, I don't want to put so much more practice to now be like a top 100 player because I have nowhere else to go. I can't, I'm like at the highest shitter tier you can go. I can only be shitter or good now. <laughs> so it's just like, what do I do? Uh, it's just, so I don't know. I'm still deciding if I want to just stay at this level where I stagnate and just always be like a threat at local level or hidden boss. And then when I go to attorney, maybe beat a top 100 player. Or do I become like an actual top 100 threat and like top 50 threat and just, you know, do that forever? That is the JMOOC almost, the hidden boss kind of archetype. I don't know. That's something that I want to ask JMOOC so bad. How did you play for so long and say that I'm fine not going to bigger tournaments and proving myself because JMOOC had performances before 2020 offline melee up in upstate New York. Some mid-level or higher level player would show up to an upstate New York event and JMOOC would beat them or play them close. 
And then that player would go, okay, well, JMook just has to travel and then blah, blah, blah. And that's how it was for years. JMook had a couple of really nice showings in 2021 at one or two online tournaments where I go, this JMook guy, because that was the first time I heard of JMook. Mm-hmm. This JMook guy is really really good at this game so please enter more tournaments but then four months would go by and he didn't enter any online events since the last one that he entered and i would go i am sad i am frustrated i am down tremendous because i really like watching jmook play and i don't have enough jmook in my life but i also i have to surmise that he's big time chilling and doing his own thing but maybe there were these times in his head where he went how much better can I get in my current state without traveling to more events that I can't afford traveling to or that I don't have time to or I have too many other things in my life to handle? How did he do it? Because yeah, people... I have fucking no idea. Exactly. It's so like, insane. Yeah, and people, people assume, oh, well, he played for a few years, got really good and popped off and got sponsored right away and is now able to afford to travel to 10 majors a year. No, that's not how it happened. Like it's just so much that happened in the dark. And that's, what's so impressive to me when, when it comes to getting better at melee and you know, this better than me practicing VOD review playing on your own has to be part of it. It doesn't have to be the entire part, but only mango is the only player that I know of who doesn't, practice solo just plays against good players and then calls it a day but i think everybody else to a certain degree has to pull up uncle punch once in a blue moon to work on tech skill and just have that sharp or get in the vod review stuff looking at their matches and how they went and like mango does all of that kind of thing on stream when it comes to vod review (laughs) he won't do it by Mm. himself or i would be i'd be surprised if he does but like the rest of us have to do all those things in order to improve which means you're not getting instant feedback from another player that you're playing against if i could get better at melee just by playing against other people that would be so nice but doing that takes it takes such a long time (laughs) I would imagine that playing for 10 years at locals, 10 years of that might make me a slightly better player, but it won't make me a top 100 player. Yeah. Depending on your character. Like, I mean, if you were a puff, I could say you could probably do that. Oh, yeah. You probably probably need VOD review still, but, um, I don't know. Cause like, so for my solo practice, I really don't do a heck of much. I mostly just play other people and then I think about the game a lot. And I think, you know, I do want to do solo practice. I just don't find the time to because I, my week, my biggest weakness I think right now is execution with my hands on like my sticks. But with getting better, it's so, it's such a different road for everybody. No one can tell you the exact way. Like you can kind of generalize it as like law did in one of his, um, he has a really long document called the golden pathway. Oh, I know. Tell you how to get better. Do you see that yeah. video, that buttery voice? I, <laughs> I, I, I fell asleep to that for like two weeks in a row. <laughs> I, I, I didn't watch the video. I read the thing. Um, it's, it's a pretty good outlook at how to get better. I don't think it's the end all be all, but it definitely helps lay the foundation on how to get pretty good with like, I think the idea of like, you know, making sure you understand everything your character can do 
and everything the other player characters can do is so important to like just kind of starting to get your feet off the ground if that makes sense like you have to understand the game as well as your opponent does to beat them at least like you need that one to one at least to win i like hard. that you it's have to game. you have to understand the game the same way as your opponent so does that mean you have to be ready to beat your opponent in your mind first before even the execution is there like do you think I almost want to say there are two ways that upsets happen in melee. It's either the mentality thing where the underdog believes they can win and their play style just kind of comes out like that. Or if your, if your tech skill is polished enough that it translates to your punish being fantastic and the other player is caught off guard by how good your punish game is against them, that they get upset and lose like the sorry not that they tilt i mean like they get they lose the set the better player quote unquote versus mm -hmm. the underdog who has like like very polished punish and tech skill versus either the character of the opponent or the opponent themselves because some some people who pull off those upsets are like yeah i've watched footage of that player i knew what they were gonna do kind of a thing but what it seems like for you, you're you're talking about upsetting players because you're thinking at the same level or at a higher level than them in your mind. So, like, I guess a good example of that would be, like, Mango Fizzwiggle. Biggest upset of the year right now. Right. And if you watch this set, Fizzwiggle played pretty well, and Mango played, you know, well enough that, like, it was still serviceable. But it felt like Fizzwiggle just had... He played the matchup, and Mango didn't play the matchup. And so that's what I mean by, like, Fizzwiggle is the worst player. Just everyone knows that because, you know, that's just how it is. And even if you just go by that tourney alone, Mango outplays him by far. Right, no, so Fizzwiggle didn't win the next set or the set in losers. It, it, no. it, was, it was over after the Mango win. He got hard 33rd. And I don't think he's done anything big since. I don't so, think he's traveled to other events that are like major level, but I don't know. Maybe he has, and he placed at 129th at those events. <laughs> I don't know. It is what it is. She can have a rough bracket sometimes. But <laughs> it's like, so say you can boil it down to a single scenario. Say if I nair as Falco onto a chic shield, if I'm not ready for Sheik to nair out a shield instead of grab, I'm just going to lose the scenario. Like, if that's what they go for. So you have to have, like, if you follow Lod's advice, like his guideline, you have to go for what you have to know almost like every specific scenario to make sure you can just win especially if your other opponent knows every specific scenario yeah and not that never that never obviously happens you're never going to know every wonky scenario and that's where everyone's gaps in knowledge is when they play the game and that's you know that's how an upset can happen sometimes a better player has it all known but they have a gap in that moment and you can just capitalize on that you just take the set because maybe is such a punishing game you can't really just like you can't really plug it with other holes. You just kind of lose. It's just, it's so complicated. I don't know. Melee, I feel like I could talk about for like ever, like in a, every specific scenario, because there's so much thinking that goes into it. There's the game mechanics themselves. There's the players' mindsets. There's the history those players could have or the no lack of history. There's the mix-ups they've had with other scenarios and 
however, like a certain location that they play their locals at, train them for that scenario that may be completely different to different locations. It's all bonkers. That's why I play Falco because I get laser and I always win. <laughs> That's right. Just got a laser pew pew a few times, and then the other person's like, "Ah, I'm stuck. I can't move. Oh no, I just got dared." They mold, and then I win. Easy clap. So, <laughs> and then it's just like, "Oh, you go." That's okay. Really so, so that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't know what the quote unquote right move is for you right now. But I think there's, let's say this. Do you think there's a part of you that's curious how far you can take it now that you've gotten to a point where you have sort of a line drawn in the sand? Not that it's, there, there are a million different ways you could get slightly, slightly, slightly better at the game. You've, you've done all the big improvements. Now the rest of these improvements will be a lot smaller and harder to do. There's that line, but do you feel curious about what the world is like if you're able to continue to get better? Or do you view it as like a competitive thing where you go, I don't want to be only at this level. I want to be as good as a top 100 level player. Yeah, there's definitely thoughts of that where it's like, say if I did stagnate, I just wouldn't want to play, I feel like. If there's no sort of improvement, I feel like, especially at the rate that everyone's getting better nowadays, I would just get kind of left behind pretty quickly. So like, I feel like there's no way for me in my current lifestyle to improve. I would probably just relegate myself to like going to the lab every once in a while and just kind of hanging out with people. But yes, I would say I am curious to see how good I could still get. And that's definitely probably why I'm not quitting. I mean, like, you know, I didn't quit just that day. I still want to play melee and I still want to get better as of right now. And I don't think that's even going to change even at the end of the year. Like I'll still want to play melee and I'll still want to get better. It's just like, I'll do I hard stop myself or not. But as of right now, yeah, I want to keep getting better. I'm improving in certain matchups and areas. Like I've been playing Dawson recently, getting better at Puff matchup. Um, I've been getting better at the Fox matchup. I'm still theorycrafting Sheik and Marth, and I'm like, oh, it's all coming together. I had like another goal in the, my mind where I get like number one in Philly. I almost could have, I honestly could have had it if I played better at some tourneys this season, but I threw those away. So that was also kind of demoralizing. But next season, like if I still continue my path and I like I say if I get like if I get all the improvements I want to get by like the end of this month that I think I could maybe do, especially with how I'm kind of implementing new game plans that like I'm starting to understand neutral more. I could just start beating people who are really good. And then I would be like, it's val it's validating. I don't know. I like to I learned to make sure the work I put in has meant something, at least to me. And to mean to me is to get those placements, get those results. And I'm still going to go for it for the rest of the year. And I just want to, and I guess relating back to the earlier tweet I made where I said, like, I, I feel like I didn't put as much work. And I'm saying that compared to like, you know, people who are like top 100, they'll grind the game for at least 20 hours a week. And when I say I'm lazy, I'm like, I'm not grinding. I'm not studying new. I There's a lot of times where I'm not studying a new thing to do or 
implementing a new game plan every week, but I'm trying here and there too. And I want to see how good that gets me at least to the end of the year. And then if I want to play more, I'll play more and I'll kick more ass and I'll make people, more people mauled, whatever. It's Melee's a fun game. I never get to reject that. It, to me, it sounds like there, if you start to remember you have your own path in the same way that everybody interacts with the game a little bit differently, that it is, of course, something that we all do comparing our results or our play style, game style, character to other people's, and we're going to just do that. But to remember if I stop thinking about what other people are doing to get better and just let myself get better at the pace that I'm doing now and taking the dubs as they happen because you have mm-hmm. had some very nice dubs this year that if you, uh, and I think you, you, you know what I'm trying to get at. I'm not saying as if this is like a be all fix all thing, but just from my vantage point, I say the small adjustment of Bats told me you have to smell the roses because melee will kick you down more often than lift you up. So when you get an uplifting moment to to enjoy it and then to keep it moving after that. I don't know. That's kind of what I thought of as you were talking. I feel like if I beat B-Bats, I would also be pretty happy. (laughs) I could quit. I could quit and not care anymore. (laughs) He's beat me twice. Loves going in, okay? (laughs) B-Bats loves going in. He does. He's an aggressive peach, and goddamn, it's been close. And I could beat him, but dang. It's like in that realm of possibility where I know I could beat him. And also, he's just so arrogant that I just want it sometimes. <laughs> so boisterous. So energetic. Where does all the energy come from? You should have seen after he had that close set with Zane off stream. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, Smash Con. He came, up, he came up to me later in the night, and he was, tell- he was just like, he would have burned the venue down if he won that set. <laughs> he was, like, so angry. And then he lost two money matches to Dawson right after, and I was laughing. <laughs> okay, but the reason why he really, really wanted to win, of course, is if you go up game one. I think B-Bats won the first... No, never mind. I take it back. I think Zane won the first game, but it doesn't matter. If you're tied one-to-one with Zane, you're like, if I can beat him once in this set, who's to say I can't beat him again? But also, coming off of the Wally versus Zane set where Wally, good Peach, great Peach, excuse me, beats Zane, B-Bats goes, Peach could double eliminate the best player in the world from this tournament outside of top 24 or top 16 or whatever that matchup happened. Maybe it was in top 16, but neither here nor there. It was pretty far away from the final top eight bracket. BBAS is definitely saying this is like the peach, the peach takeover, the the, the insurrection, the revolution. This is where we take back 2022 away from the Sheik's and we make this all about Peach again. I bet he thought about that as well. I think it was like the first three games were all very close, and then he got washed game four, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, it would have been insane if he won, and Zane didn't make top eight, saying he's only ever placed as low as fifth this year. 
Yep. But I guess that goes back to all the way to Armada, who like you know would always get top like three almost every tournament. Yeah. Like he'd always have close sets early before top eight, but then he would just win. And that's just how top players do. They just win. I remember watching a mod none at SmashCon. Ahmad brought it to game five against none and then none just stomped him game five. And it's like, that's just a top player for you. They just win those game fives and it's not even close. I remember scary. not seeing it live, but watching, I went back and watched S2J versus Armada at that one Genesis tournament. And it was mm-hmm. just, <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. I felt so sorry for S2J, but that, like you said, Armada just needs one interaction to go his way and then he's like all right i will now reverse 3-0 you it goes back to what we were saying earlier about lod's golden pathway sj didn't know what to do in that exact moment improvised and lost that's just so brutal that's how melee is you lose one interaction you're just done for but it's like in it's within the it's in the wheelhouse of s2j s2j for a while the edge guarding was not a strength of his and that wasn't an edge guard sequence to be to be it was a punishing sequence yeah it was like a it was like a let's do an early edge guard how about that like i'm still knocking you off stage why don't i just go ahead and spike you for good measure kind of the thing uh it was just it felt like it felt like that was like it wasn't just a matter of execution or a decision making thing it was like destiny preordained that to happen like because it's consistent with s2j's core i don't know Mm -hmm. Uh, s2j is an animal so good that, that performance at riptide i mean if you go game five with the two best sheiks in the world as captain falcon and you don't win either of them that must really hurt but you you can win those sets i mean i i believe in sgj winning versus play uh <laughs> i said play mook versus plop or j mook i literally was robbed both those sets there's multiple times where the sheik just like panic grabbed and falcon was behind it and it grabbed him Oh, I was, I was like, wow, fair character. <laughs> but that Dreamland game of SJ versus Plup was, I mean, that wasn't a classic Johnny Stock. That was more of like winning neutral a bunch of times and just chipping away at Plup Johnny Stock. It was so impressive. I feel like a lot of Johnny Stocks do usually he he just guesses right or he wins neutral the neutral mix up immediately after his last neutral mix up a lot. It's like, you know, he keeps the pressure on you and he's also just guessing right every time and it just kills you super quick. But yeah, I know that set, it took a while. But sometimes, you know, Falcon just gets the right guess and he fucks you up and you're like, damn. Got That's him. it, GG's. GG's, except Plop One, to be clear to the listeners. Plop One, the set, is too bad. It's chic. It's not a real win. Alrighty, so in the get to get in the direction of finishing up, excuse me. Well, well, I don't have any Patreon questions for you because I forgot to tell the people. Ugh, I'm so bad at this. I forgot to tell them again that I was having you on the pod. Oh, they don't know me, probably. I mean, to be fair, if they ask me a question, who knows? I probably could have insulted them. So this may be best for them. 
it may be for the best, but it's part of the it's part of the thing about being a Patreon supporter that you can ask the question uh, questions of the guests that I have on. So I do apologize, Patreon peoples, but I guess a question would be why Green Falco? How about that? I know my Patreon. Okay, yeah, PPMD is your favorite Falco. Yeah, well, he's who I based my whole Falco originally off of. Then I kind of mixed in Mango, and then I've recently mixed in Fiction and Al and Ginger. So I'm just some weird amalgamation. No, you're fudge now. Um, well, yeah, it's kind of all mixed together. I pretty much go into like some weird stance mode in the game where I like, all right, this stock I'll play like Fiction. Oh, in this moment I'll play like Ginger. I'll do a mango like style DI mix up real quick or spacing mix up. And I just kind of implement all their weird stuff into one character and one play style. So, and I get a lot of mileage off it usually because I just mix up the players so bad that they don't know what I'm going to do next because me five seconds ago doesn't know what I'm going to do next either. SDJ was describing his play style in a similar way, not copying and amalgamationing Captain Falcon models for him but sdj said i just play for the mix-up and off of feel so i can't really tell you exactly what i was thinking in these situations because a couple of people called into radio melee and were like sdj what were you thinking as you were you know like what was going through your mind as you were playing against these 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 sheiks uh, against jay mook and against plup also when you reverse 3 out zane what was going through your mind how were you playing the mix-ups and sdj is like GEGs on that one. You got me there. I could not tell you. That's the toughie. <laughs> it is. It's hard. I People be like, yo, do you remember what happened last time? I'm like, no. <laughs> I've already forgotten. So, S2J has played this game for such a long time and had such a great placing at Riptide, one of the best placings of his career This at this stage of the game. That means you would need to play for a good solid five years maybe until you were able to pop off like that. Ugh. Imagine that. Oh my god, I'd be bald. Twenty twenty seven. I'd be the second bald person at the lab. Mm. Twenty twenty seven. Sorry. Dude, I can't even think that far. <laughs> I don't even have a plan for the rest of this year. In twenty twenty seven, my daughter will be ten. Ugh. Oh that's, my god. That's crazy. I yeah. I don't even I haven't even like thought about kids or relationships or anything like that. That's all far out of my reach. I'm just a 24-year-old Falco main, and that's all I'm focusing right now. And my job, I guess, but there's not much to focus on there. Fudge, it's all good. You know, you're not going to have a high chance of relationship success by going to a bunch of tournaments, but what I will say is that the the other side of the coin is you'll you'll balance out by going to a lot of tournaments sometimes and then you'll go to not a lot of tournaments other times you'll be doing other things and you'll meet people and then i guess there's other ways to have meetings with people to possibly in a relationship with so you 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 you're 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 doing just fine all right that's what i'm getting at you don't have to be in a hurry to to do all that stuff because you quote unquote have to don't let don't let people force you to do something just because they say well it's when you're supposed to alan rickman 
is one of my favorite examples of somebody who popped off later in their life because I don't know. I think Alan Rickman might've been close to 40 when he first started acting. I think, I think that this is just to imagine me not doing something really, really cool for another 15 years. Cause it's roughly 15 years until I'm 40 years old, roughly, mm-hmm. I guess I'm 26. So 14 years, fine. And to think that I still have a long time to wait until possibly having something cool like that happen. Not, a, I don't want to be an actor. I don't think, but you know what I'm saying? Maybe it'll yeah. take me 15 years to finally be good at melee. I'll be 40 years old. I'll be a, I'll be still be a box fox. My fingers will hurt all the time anyway, even though it's supposed to be ergonomically better. But I'll say, dang, I'm really good at this game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess you just got to play the long game. <laughs> and not, not want to show game. up. I wouldn't want to show up to some of these melee events. I don't, I'd say, all right, any 40 plusers going to this event? I need to be surrounded by my people. <laughs> we have multiple, like, 30-year-olds I know at the lab. Yeah. So And, uh, like, you know. you know, you don't think about it, but Mango's 30. Hungerbox is going to be 30 in a year or two, and... And then Leffen, like Leffen, Leffen's nearly 30 or is 30 already. And IBDW and Zane are only five years behind. You know, they're in their mid-20s. They're going to be 30 in five years. I think IBDW is 27. I think Leffen's around the same age. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Zane's, yeah, he's like 26. Yeah, they're all getting there. Saying. Like we're we're all we're all working there in one way or another. So as long as we all stay competing, look, we'll we'll be okay. Yep. All right. Well, I'll try to take that advice to heart. I don't if know. If I remember it five seconds in, again, I, I forget everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're fine. But hopefully you'll remember when I tag you on Twitter in a little while. I don't know when exactly the interview is going out, but that you remember that you did this with me. We got to do plugs <laughs> and shout outs on the way out here. Please tell the people any closing thoughts that you have or where they can find. Sorry. Or I mean, and. Tell the people any closing thoughts that you have and where to find you and engage with you on the internet. Um, Closing thoughts. I'm going to beat the crap out of everybody in Melee. Even though I get sad at the game, I'm still going to be better than what these people are. Uh, That's usually about it for Melee. I'm just going to win. Second, just find me. If you want to see me, you can find me at, at fudge underscore PHL. I don't really have any other social. I just have. I just made this because I saw some guy named Fudge who was in the Smash Ultimate scene, and he was in H Box's Twitter chat, like Twitter comments. I'm like, no, I can't have them thinking it's me. So I made this Twitter because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a Sonic main. You, I would never. <laughs> so, so you know, that's why I made the Twitter. You can find me there. If you don't, you can go to May Online, search up Fudge, and. You could ask me for games. I kind of just play anybody who asks me. Because why not? Mm. I can't wait it. to show you my up smashing style at some point then. Because I'll probably ask you for games at some point then. That'd be fun. Hey, up smash is great. I remember when my when I used to play Fox against Puff. Dawson would complain that all I do is up smash. And you know what? It worked. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Your Top favorite player fa- dimension. Oh, 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 here's another oh. Patreon question that they would have asked. What's your favorite Falco move? Uh, favorite. It's probably forward tilt, down angle. 
Nice. Okay. Call that, it the fudge tilt. The fudge tilt. Oh, that's going to make some old school player angry. All right. Thank you so much for joining me, Fudge. I really appreciate it. Shout outs to all of the Philly scene. I know that God Touch wants me to interview a bunch of y'all. So I'll mm-hmm. get there. I'll get there. But I obviously, you know, I had on Fudge first. You'll just have to deal. And in the meantime, I'll see y'all in the next episode. We're coming up to episode 200 very, very soon. I'm excited to share that with you all. You could follow me on the socials listed on the screen or in the description of the podcast episode. And speaking of the description of the podcast episode, that's where you can go follow Fudge on Twitter at Fudge underscore PHL. And like Fudge was saying just a second ago, Melee Online Discord, I think going strong, over 20,000 people, if I recall correctly, and... That's super cool. But Fudge is the only Philadelphia area Falco who says, dang, I just play kind of lazy, but also dummy hype sometimes. This is a one of a kind player that if you want to ask for games, Fudge will accept your games. Allegedly. Don't ask if you're like, I don't know, in the bottom of South America or something, but otherwise you get it. If the ping's over 40, I probably won't accept Oh, no, that's me. My internet's not great. We're normally hovering between 40 and 60 for Philly area. Please, Fudge, okay. please. All right, all right. It's usually 60. If I see, It's usually 60, 80. I'll be like, I'll like maybe do games. But if it's like above 80, 100% no. And if it's above 60, it's only if I like you. Okay, okay. Well, I got to work harder at making you like me then. We'll, we'll, we'll just keep chipping away. We'll find a way. You'll you'll get your internet upgraded soon enough. I mean, this is about as good as it gets. It's Lancaster I, has bad internet. <laughs> I guess it is really just the land of the cows. Yes, we are moving far, far away from having Google Fiber or anything comparable. Like they were just excited mm-hmm. about more cows. <sighs> yeah, Lancaster has its its host of problems. So does Philly. <laughs> By the way, that was a little a little podcaster thing called the tying it up with with the with the moo bit. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah, that... no, I I understood. Oh, I call, you I got it. it. I just you can't see my face as I react to certain quips. So you just have to, you just kind of have to imagine me talking and moving my mouth. I and mean, again, I'm been, not... as far as I know, you've been happy this whole time. That's what your picture looks like. Shout out to Pizza you... Frank, by the way, for that picture. Yep, our only Gannon main at the lab. No, Pizza Frank oh. beat me in bracket though at the at one of the locals last week last year last year at the at our locals in seven one seven. So shout outs to Pizza Frank for coming out. Yeah, he's decent. He's pretty good. Love Pizza Frank. All right, I will see you all next time. And Fudge, I will interact with you once this episode. Uh, goes live and interact with you in the future as well hopefully get you to play melee with me sometime thank you so much for joining me say goodbye to the people uh goodbye people play melee